Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. Do you know what today is? Today is Juneteenth. Juneteenth. <gasps> oh, happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. You know what else I just realized? It's showtime. Today, I'm going to get right to it because we got a long, we got a long show today, but it's a good one. Tomorrow, election day, baby. City council elections, judges to be retained or not. Technically, there is a mayoral race going on, but uh, Mary Q is essentially running against the ghost. The man doesn't even live here, can't even vote for himself. Ah, L-O-L. So on the show today, to help you out. 
as you head to the polls, we've got Janae Manley running in the 2nd District at large. Jonathan Duncan running in the 6th District in District. By the way, in District means only folks who live in that district will vote for that person at large. That means everybody in KC gets a shot to vote for that one. You understand? Get it? Got it? We good. Then we've got Michael Kelly running in the 5th District at large, followed by Justin Shorts running in the 4th District at large, and we wrap with Chris Gahagan running in the 1st District. So yeah, it's a long episode today, but it is worth it. Election Day Voter Guide, courtesy of the KC Morning Show. Look at us. That's a public service. God damn it. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do. Kansas City, love you. Tomorrow, we vote. It's a good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Absolutely. We'll see ya in the morning. Bye. Janae Manley, when she comes on to the KC Morning Show, she brings the fire. She brings the breaking news. And look at this. Once again, Janae, you break in more news. You running for city council, second district at large. Is this is this real? Heck, yes, it is. Hartzell, thank you so much for having me on. And you're right. I am. My name is Janae Manley, and I am running for Kansas City City Council in the second district at large this year, 2023. So how do we get here? I mean, your work, your advocacy with KC Tenants, KC Tenants Powered. I mean, your work for Kansas City, my friend. So this ain't come out of nowhere. You've been doing this for a while. But why are you now deciding to take this all the way, hopefully, to city council? Yeah. So let me take you back a little bit. I have lived in Kansas City my entire life, specifically in the Northland of the city. I'm a tenant and a mom of Lillian Avery. I'm a former server at Applebee's. I've worked for TIP. And I'm also a former bank worker. And when I started organizing, I was an overnight manager at Quick Trip. Really, what I'm trying to tell you is I'm a human like you. And despite all of that work, I have had to donate plasma throughout the years that my kids were born to make ends meet. The struggle of the American individual is a myth. And we have been conditioned to follow that, right? My mom was also a single mom, and she taught me the importance of our community. She was a union electrician that worked to improve the lives of the ones she loved. That taught me that no individual builds or sustains a movement or actually addresses the issues in our lives. Through bonds and solidarity, we can actually support one another. So for the last three years, I've been organizing with KC tenants, and I've been having conversations with folks in our community, and I have found solidarity with people like me who are just trying to survive. We all know the struggles and we know what we need in order to not only survive, but thrive. So for the past three years doing that work and organizing with KC tenants, I realized the people have the power to fight back against developers and politicians who are making our lives precarious. They're making it so that we are struggling. And this is why I have decided to take the next step and run for Kansas City City Council. But I am not doing this alone. I am doing this through a model of people power. What that means is I believe in co-governance. Have you heard of co-governance, Hartzell? Janae, I've heard it from you, and I want these folks to hear it. You make it sound so sweet. 
really what it means is like the people closest to the problem are closest to the solution and we need to prioritize making decisions with people instead of making decisions for people we always need to be centering the people who are most impacted by issues in order to find true solutions what that means to me is the people are directly engaged in the process a process that we have historically been left out of Running for city council is not just one election. What it is, is deciding that we are going to build governing power with the people. I'm talking young people, old people, single parents, people from all walks of life. We plan to come together and we are going to thrive. So that's why I'm running for city council. And I am so, so excited to build a Kansas City where I know that my babies will come out in a world that is better than the one that they were brought into. Well, and you got some beautiful babies, and they deserve a beautiful world to live in. So, Janae, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. We've had you on this show many times. Folks know you in the community for your work with housing, and those closest to the problem, they got the solutions. You've been fighting for folks in power to hear your solutions. But I know folks are going to say, well, she's just a single issue candidate. Well, explain to these folks why you are not a single issue candidate and why really you are a holistic candidate because you have a holistic approach. Yeah. I mean, so what I see as the issues, like they start at home. I've organized for housing because as a single mom, I can't go to my kids' schools and fight for their education when I know the rent is due, right? Mm. I know that Mm. every parent, every person who is struggling in this city actually knows what we need. But we actually have to be brought to the table and encouraged to like not only name the solutions, but build for them, right? So it's not just about housing. It's about education. It's about guaranteeing that like children have access to childcare that is sustainable to them. It's about making sure they're all making a livable wage. It's about making sure that we have sidewalks and roads that get us to where we need to go. But all of that happens when the people can engage in the process, when the people can come together and say, these are the things I need for my neighborhood. And not only say what we need, but evaluate the solutions we come up with to continue to create a better Kansas City every single day. So you're running for second district at large, which means the entire city is going to get a chance to vote for you. Hopefully vote yes for you, Janae. But for folks who don't live within the second district proper, love on your folks for a little bit. Tell us why you're doing this. I mean, I got to think that you don't run for office to represent the people if you don't love the people that represent your community. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your folks? My folks are people who show up to their community. They're the people who give one another rides. The doors that I knock on when I'm talking to people on the doors, the neighbors that we meet are people who are watching one another's kids. They're people who are going to work. Like literally will be like, I would love to talk to you right now, but I can't because I got to get to work. Our community is built by Kansas City, not developers, but Kansas Cityans who know their neighbors who are serving our tables and working in our banks, just trying to create a life for themselves. I mean, that's why we're doing this, right? Because every door I knock on is like somebody who has a vision for themselves and their family and the people that they love and know that like we can live in a Kansas City that we get to stay in forever. I love that. Janae, let's say you make it in there. We got council member Janae Manley representing the second district at large. What is day one Janae doing? Give us a little preview. Day one, Janae, what is she doing? She's (laughs) honestly celebrating with the people and asking what comes next. How do we build? So what we know is that there has been a lot of ways that this city has said that they're working for the people, but they missed the mark because the conversation is just in City Hall. It's just happening in that building. What I want to do is go out to the community and be like, look, we have the ability to create policy that works for us. How do we do it? 
what does that look like? What boards are making decisions about our lives that like we actually should be in the room? I think the day after the election, it becomes a day where every person in Kansas City knows that this city is working for them and they are a part of it working, right? Like it's not just city council members are passing policy, no, the people are passing policy. Ooh. Well, the people's got a lot of policies to start passing because we got a lot of issues on our plate in 23 and beyond, Janae. We've got NFL draft. They're talking about this downtown ballpark. We've got so much economic opportunity, but we got to make sure it's going in all directions. You know, how do you think you can help steer and help lead, help navigate us through some of this stuff? Because we got some major stuff. We got a new airport. I mean, the list goes on, Janae. This is a moment for Kansas City. So how do we make this moment a movement? I say it all the time time how can you help us do that yeah i mean i think when we talk about a downtown stadium or kci or even a streetcar right like those things are moments in time what i want to see us do is build a city that is built on longevity right the everyday issues that kansas Cityans are dealing with really creating the city that like people can stay yeah we want to go to baseball games but it doesn't matter if you can go to baseball games if schools are closing and Kids don't know where they go to school, right? And I think that like those are the bigger issues that we can talk about. We're not here to make headlines. What we're here to do is really create a Kansas City where the people are the headline. The people are talking about like how this city raised their babies, how this city is the place that they plan to like live and grow old and how they've known their neighbors for 30 years. And I think that like those are the bigger policy conversations that I want to be having. That's important to me. How do we make this city safe? make this city love the people that built it and really create a history here where people want to be. Janae, before I let you go, I know you built for this. I know you built for this. Are you ready for this? And why Why are you so ready for this? I mean, this is a big deal. This is the future. Politics is local. And we spell local in Kansas City with a K and a C. So my friend, are you ready for this? And why are you ready? Yeah, I'm really ready for this. I mean, for the last three years while organizing at three o'clock in the morning, what I'll do is I'll go on YouTube and watch committee hearings, finance, governance and public safety. I watch neighborhood planning and development. I watch transportation and infrastructure and operations. I watch these committees happen because I'm always asking myself, how does my community get to be okay? It's not about headlines. It's about everyday policy that is consistently being passed without real questions being asked. And those questions can't just come from elected officials. Those questions have to come from the people. And because I've organized for three years, because I've been knocking on doors and asking real people questions about their lives in the city, and because those people have asked me those same questions, right? And I've had to look for answers. Those answers live in those committee hearings and we can get there because this city is ours. This city is ours. We shouldn't have to watch committee at three o'clock in the morning. Our elected officials should be talking to our neighbors and building out solutions that make sense for our community. And I think that's why I'm built for it. It's because I watch those committee hearings and then I call people I know, right? People I trust. Like, hey, this is what's happening in Kansas City. What do we do next? There is a huge, a huge body of people who want to organize in Kansas City, who want to build a Kansas City that we all deserve. All we have to do is remind the people that they have the power and the elected officials are looking to them to help us find those solutions. I didn't have this question planned, but I got to piggyback off of this. There does seem to be this divide between the Northland and we got to talk about it. We, we need to talk about the Northland, right? I feel like part of your run is to bring the second district into that holistic approach that you're talking about. How do you help bridge that gap? Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of that is like focusing on the poor and working class people of Kansas City. We know that Kansas City, everything that happens 
in Midtown in the east side directly and deeply impacts the Northland, right? What happens north of the river, the decisions that are made by elected officials north of the river deeply and directly impacts Midtown and South Kansas City. And we actually can't get to a Kansas City where all of us thrive if we're not building as a city in a city as a whole, right? That's why I want to run at large, because I think that Kansas City, the entire Kansas City, deserves to be building in a way that keeps all of us whole. A river, a physical division of Kansas City does not make anyone's life better. And what we can be doing is looking to one another and recognizing that we have more in common with one another than we do with the people who dismiss and ignore us. And that's what we're running on. Really building a Kansas City that can thrive. Janae Manley, my friend, plug your handles. Where can folks go to find you, to donate? I know you got a website. It's the time, Janae. Please see us. Come and visit our website at janae4kc.com. If you want to donate to our campaign, we would love it. Donate at janae4kc.com slash donate. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at janae4kc. Follow us on social medias. Check out our website. We really can't build a Kansas City where we all thrive unless the people of Kansas City decide that we're plugging in and we're going to hold elected officials accountable. We know what we need. Janae Manley, she is running for city council, the second district at large. When is that primary date, Janae? The primary is Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. So we will be on the ballot in just a couple months. Janae, I say this every time, it is an honor to have met you. My life is so much more enriched and fuller and better having you in it. And for a lot of folks in Kansas City, I hope that they have that same experience here very, very soon come April. Hartzell, I am grateful to know you and also to be building power alongside you and the people of Kansas City. Honestly, I know that we can build a Kansas City where we all thrive because we have a vision for it. So thank you for sharing that vision, honestly. All of these lines across my face Tell you the story of who I am So many stories where I've been And they got to where I am But these stories don't mean anything When you've got no one to tell them to It's true I was made for you I climbed across the mountain tops
that's all in my mouth It's hiding the words that don't come out And all of my friends who think I am blessed They don't know my head is a mess No, they don't know KC Morning Show back by popular votes. Ooh, do you see what I did there? He is running for city council, 6th district in district. He is a leader with KC Tenants, a director of the national headquarters for the VFW. And my guy is going to the ship, the big dance, whatever you want to call it. Well, we can call it actually the general election, June 20th. Welcome back, my brother, Jonathan Duncan. Hartzell, it is so good to be with you this morning. It is so good coming off that win in the primary, and you are absolutely right. My name is Jonathan Duncan. I am running to represent Kansas City and City Council in the 6th in District, and I am ready to wrap with you today. How are you? I am great, my brother. So good to hear your voice. And I was realizing as I was texting you, it has been a second since you've been on the show. In fact, it was even pre the primary And like I said in the intro, your coalition that you have built, they have sent you to the general. Take us back to that primary night. Your race, that sixth district in district, that was a bit of a toss up, man. Break down those feelings, all of them. Yeah, grateful, I think, is is the feeling I'm feeling most still. Grateful for our volunteers, grateful for our coalition. Nothing that we did in this campaign we did alone. Uh, none of none of this, no part of our campaign is simply something that I've came up out of my head. Uh, from the very get-go, Hartzell, you know this, everything that we do uh, is worth doing together. And this is a people's campaign. You know, it was developed uh, from the struggle, the genius, um, and the hearts of the people of Kansas City. Um, thankful to Casey Tennant's power 
who went out there and knocked, I think, something like over 10,000 doors in the 6th District alone. Our comrades, our friends, our neighbors out there volunteering to knock doors and spread the message of this campaign. That's what carried the day. It was a crowded race. We had five people in the primary, most crowded race of the city council primary. And two moved on to the general election. Uh, Yours truly, your boy being one of them. Again, we were just thankful, grateful, elated. The power structures that be have criticized that uh, they don't enjoy our tactics or they don't enjoy the way that we collectively organize and move to direct action to prompt change in our city. The residents said, actually, no, we love that message. We love the message of co-governance where the city government works with its residents and doesn't do things to its residents, doesn't work for the residents, but is working alongside its residents to craft policy solutions that actually impact positively in the everyday residents of Kansas City. So I'm thankful that, that we're moving on to the general election, which is June 20th. And looking at my calendar today, we are five weeks out uh, from June 20. So we are in full steam ahead with the general campaign. But again, I think that I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the residents of Kansas City. This is what Kansas City is about. People holding the line for one another, going out and meeting their neighbors, organizing to craft a city that works for all of us and not just a select few. So let's break that down a little bit more. You know, it's not just the theoretical when we talk about co-governing, right? And I'm even thinking here recently, I guess going on right now, the charter review process for Kansas City, which I know for a fact, some of y'all listening right now are like, what the f*** is he talking about? Explain even how in something that's so in the weeds, like the charter review, you know, even how that is still so much of an opportunity for co-governance. Yeah, so we are definitely in the weeds, and I think that this is important to talk about. So the charter review, for those who who don't know, the mayor is required to review our city's charter, which are the basic rules and regulations for how our city operates and who it operates for and how how it operates. Every 10 years, the mayor is required to have a commission review the charter of Kansas City. 10 years ago, This Charter Review Commission met for five months, I believe. Uh, This Charter Review Commission has truncated it down to five weeks. So we've taken a process that historically has been months and truncated it down to a matter of weeks. And I don't know what the rush is. Uh, I don't know why it's been truncated down to five weeks, but for something so monumental, it has received very little fanfare. I would love to see a poll of how many of your listeners actually know that this Charter Review Commission is meeting. They've held a couple of listening sessions, but again, the comments overwhelmingly from when the public was allowed to make comment on this Charter Review Commission and their process, all have asked, why are we doing this so quickly? If we want to move fast, then we can go alone. If we want to move far, then we need to go together. That's what co-governance is about. It's ensuring that we are slowing down to ensure that everyone has a say in how our city runs and ask those pointed questions about who is our city running for? Who does it serve? Is it serving the most vulnerable members of our community who probably have not heard about the Charter Commission? Or are we ensuring that we are actually cultivating a process that is accessible and fair to the majority of Kansas Cityans? And I don't necessarily know that the Charter Review Commission is doing that. That would be my critique on it, the nitty gritty, the meat and potatoes of what the Charter Review is actually discussing is it's about how we vote. 
It's about how we recall city council members and mayor. It's some pretty weighty things. And I think that it's absolutely important that more people are being brought into that process, especially when we're talking about how we vote and how we elect our leaders and how we hold them accountable. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about some stuff in this thing where we would be changing the days that we would vote. I mean, this is some, like you said, heavy stuff that we're talking about. And look at you already throwing out good ideas. Yes, Jonathan, I should create a poll for your question, but you know, I don't know how to do that. Would you be quiet? (laughs) My man, I saw that you were doing this panel with labor. And you know, on this show, we are team labor, the power of the people. We can do some extraordinary things. Things we believe and the power to organize collectively. I know you do too. So, can you break down some of what you did this past weekend? Yeah, time is a blur, but uh, <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, which was the day before Mother's Day, and I hope everybody had a chance if you have the privilege to be able to hug your mama. Um, I surely did. Saturday, we had the Labor Forum, which was put on and hosted by the Labor Beacon, which is a labor news publication and IBEW 24. Those are our electrician laborers. So we were at the labor hall uh, in South Kansas City and every single candidate running for city council and the mayor were there and discussed all topics labor. Some highlights I think that came up was talking about, and this is again a little bit technical, but essentially just prevailing wage, which is ensuring that laborers in Kansas City are paid a fair wage, are paid a living wage, talking about the problems and the struggles facing workers here in Kansas City. And I think that anybody who's working for a living here in Kansas City can attest to is wages, right? How are we paying our people? Are we paying them enough that they can not just make it day to day, not just put food on the table for the evening, but are they able to plan ahead? Are they able to enjoy being a Kansas City resident? Are they able to, if they want to, go to a museum? Can they get around the city? Can they can they be a thriving resident here in Kansas City? And I think for a lot of our residents here in Kansas City, times are hard. I'm thinking of the criticism on the Twitters, on the Facebook. So many folks like, well, you know, they're making $10 an hour, $12 an hour to, you know, sling burgers or fries at a McDonald's, you know, that's your wage. What is living wage? You know, so can you even get maybe more in the weeds on that? What is a living wage? Yeah, a living wage. First and foremost, there are folks out there who criticize work, criticize workers, and they say, well, if you're flipping burgers or scrubbing toilets, you don't deserve to make X because that labor is not skilled labor. And I would challenge those folks to work a shift at a fast food restaurant during rush hour and tell me that it doesn't require skill. But regardless of what you're doing, regardless of your occupation, you should be able to thrive in Kansas City. I don't care if you're flipping burgers. I don't care if you're a structural engineer. Our workers do in Kansas City make Kansas City great. The example I brought up on Saturday, especially when I'm thinking about workers, I think about these big, beautiful things that we have in Kansas City and the airport being of note because it's one of the most recent projects. It's one of the most costly projects that the city has ever undertaken. Nearly, I think it's $1.5 billion project. You think about our airport. It was built and created as a gym for Kansas City. It was designed to say, look, look at what we can do. We are 
a city among cities in the United States. And we had it built and finished in time for the NFL draft to say, hey, this is this is our front door, I think is how the mayor described it. Well, how does that door operate? Who operates the airport? Who is cleaning that airport? Who is scrubbing those toilets in the airport? Who is sweeping the floors? Who is changing the light bulbs? Who is serving the coffee in the airport, serving your food, cleaning up the kitchen, the line cooks in that airport, the baggage handlers in the airport? Without those workers, that airport is as good as a brick. Hell, Jonathan, who built the door that's supposed to be the right. front door who built of the, door? the city, you know? Unions built it, right? Unions built it. And there are so many other workers who make it go, who make sure that it's beautiful so that when you enter into our front door or you exit out the front door of Kansas City coming and going that you're taken care of. How do those workers who built it, how did they get to work? How do they get there? How are they able to put food on their table? And are they able to enjoy Kansas City or are they just trying to make it week to week? I think that everybody who operates that gym, um, which I think it's a beautiful structure, and I think we should be proud to have a world-class airport, but it doesn't work without workers. It wasn't able to be built without workers. So how are we taking care of our people who make Kansas City great? Every person that operates that gym should be able to have a thriving wage where they can not only send their kids to school, pay for daycare, but also be able to enjoy Kansas City. And so I think when we talk about a thriving wage, what I would challenge folks to think about is that what do you do to enjoy your day every day in Kansas City and who is allowing you to be able to do that? It's workers. I don't judge workers regardless of what you're doing and what your occupation is. You have value and you should be able to thrive in Kansas City. Before I let you go, my brother, I feel like I would be remiss if I did not ask you, you know, what does separate you? What makes you different from your opponent that folks are going to be weighing their options against? Come June 20th. The great thing now is that it's no longer a crowded field. There are very clear choices in our race here in the 6th District. And if you live anywhere from uh, the plaza, from State Line to Troost, down to Bannister Road, from State Line to Highway 49 or US 71, all the way down to Martin City, you can vote in this race. The choices are very clear. Dan Tarwater is my opponent, 28 years in the Jackson County legislator, self-described conservative, underlined Democrat. And then there's me, community organizer, combat veteran. I'm the only candidate in this race who is pro-choice. I am the only candidate in this race who supports and will continue to support and protect LGBTQIA rights. And I am the only candidate in this race who supports common sense gun control and as violent as Kansas City has been over the last year, it is absolutely imperative that we have leaders that reflect our values. I say that I'm the only candidate that supports these things because my opponent, Mr. Tarwater, has not supported these things. In fact, he voted against supporting a woman's right to choose just last year while on the county. I think it's absolutely important, and as it was so greatly illustrated as an example, our city council stood up to Jeff City and said that Kansas City is a welcoming city for everyone especially those are trans community. And I think it's important that we have leaders who reflect our values, leaders who will stand up and protect the most vulnerable members of our community. And so I'm proud to say that I am the only candidate who supports these things. And I think our choice is clear. Do we want 
people who reflect our values to represent us in our communities and will continue to advocate and protect the rights of the most vulnerable members of our community? Or do we want someone uh, who simply uh, was termed out and redistricted out of 28 years of county office and I guess, you know, doesn't have any other skills and just thinks that their name's going to carry the day to serve us in a way that doesn't actually support us? Jonathan Duncan, he is running for city council, the 6th district in district election day, June 20th. Make that voting plan now, my friends. Can you also maybe take some homies to the polls? Let's start that process, y'all. All All right, Jonathan, it is that portion of the program. Plug the website, the handles, the floor is yours. Everything that we do in this campaign is powered by people. Unlike my opponent, all of our donations come from individual donors. Everything that we do, those door knocking that we do every single week, those phone banking that we do are powered by volunteers. If you'd like to get involved, please visit Duncan4KC.com. You can find me at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all under Duncan4KC. I love you, Kansas City. I can't wait to represent you and win on June 20th. Looking forward to seeing everybody. We'll be out there on the doors. So if you see me around, say hello. Would you have freedom from
there's one thing that I found is as true as the sunrise, it's that I like being on there with hot sauce. The Casey Morning Show. So before we hit play on this re-airing of the interview I had with Michael Kelly, his opponent, Daryl Curls, this morning, breaking news, went on to talk radio 710 or something like that, a bunch of right-wing losers, and he goes on to Pete Mundo's show, an actual hack, devoid of any sort of talent. So this clown this morning, and I mean Mundo, or maybe I mean Daryl, I guess I'll let... I guess I'll leave that up to your interpretation. This morning, Pete Mundo asked Daryl Curls, candidate for city council, what his definition of a woman is. You've seen these clowns, the Steven Crowders, the Charlie Kirks, the Ben Shapiro losers of the world. They love getting in folks' pants, right? So they ask this question, what is it? What does it mean to be a woman? And I'll just let you hear how Daryl Curls responds to that. And I guess you can ask yourself, is that the kind of person you want representing you in the 5th District? I don't know. If you're a member of the LGBTQIA plus community, is this who you want representing you in the 5th District? I don't know. So before our conversation with Michael Kelly, I give you (laughs) Pete Mundo and Daryl Curls. Daryl, uh, this is not in any way meant to be a trick question. I've asked this of every candidate um, that has come through this show over the last couple of weeks, just out of curiosity. How would Daryl Curls define what is a woman? <laughs> How would I define what is a woman? Yes, sir. Um, I'd say a woman that is that that is a, a I haven't heard that one before. Interesting question. Uh, I'd say uh, a woman is somebody who is uh, a born a female that is uh, uh, I guess uh, uh, grown up to be uh, a woman. I, that's that's really a tough question. There, I hadn't thought about that one. Michael Kelly running for city council in the 5th district at large headed to the general. The general is this Tuesday, y'all, and I want to hear from the man himself. Michael Kelly, my brother, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Hartzell. Final stretch, man. What have you what have you learned from day 1 to day now, whatever day that is? <laughs> what have you learned in this whole process, this journey that, you know, hopefully gets you to city hall? Well, I've learned that there are an increasing number of folks who are really excited about bringing new leadership and fresh perspectives to Kansas City, Missouri City Hall. We've been talking to people all over the city, Platt, Clay, Eastside, South KC, Waldo, and what we've heard has really had the central theme of, you know, people are tired of the status quo. People are tired of the same moneyed interest having control over what happens with our tax dollars, with our infrastructure, with so much of what happens in Kansas City, and they want something new. Why are you running, Mike? Because of my daughters. Um, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I was raised with this idea that we're supposed to leave this world in a better place than we found it. 
When I look at all of the challenges we face, I've increasingly found myself saying that I can't sit on the sidelines. If there's more I can do, then I need to do it. And so I'm running for city council because I want to do my part to try to make Kansas City a better place for my daughters and for everyone who calls Kansas City home. Let's get you in office, right? Let's play hypothetical, Michael Kelly. I love I love playing hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Councilman Kelly, <laughs> you are in office your first 100 days. Priority, give us the bullet points. Sure. So there's really kind of three things that I want to begin work on within the first 100 days. First is changing how we prioritize public testimony. The second is introducing legislation to bring ranked choice voting to the voters. And then the final thing is beginning work to bring forth legislation to ban source of income discrimination in Kansas City. At some point, maybe not today, I'm going to have a conversation with you about ranked choice voting, but that's another conversation, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) I hear everything you just said, and it excites me. And in doing my research for your race and also just being someone who's lived in Kansas City, I am familiar with your opponents a little bit. Tell us what makes you different from Daryl Curls, who's running against you. So the difference couldn't be more night and day. I mean, it comes down to tactics, it comes down to history, and it ultimately comes down to experience. Tactics, my opponent has been flooding your mailboxes and the mailboxes of your listeners with mailers because he would rather do that than actually get out and meet people where they are. One of the biggest things that he can tout is that he sat on the Hickman Mill School Board and pushed for the Cerner abatement, which was the largest tax abatement in American history. The final part of it is that he does not have experience, has never done work on the city council. I have, and I'm the only candidate in this race who has experience counting to seven votes and moving policies, plans, and projects through the city council. Who are you endorsed by, Mike? I'm happy to be endorsed by a number of organizations and individuals. So in terms of organizations, I'm endorsed by Pro-Choice Missouri, Casey Tennant's Power, the local chapter of the Sierra Club, Sunrise Movement KC, Our Revolution KC, SEIU Local One. And I'm also happy to be recognized as Moms Demand Gun Sense candidate, a climate-friendly candidate by the Citizens Climate Lobby, and endorsed by a number of electeds, including Councilman Eric Bunch, State Representatives Maggie Nuremberg, Eric Woods, Jamie Johnson, and Emily Weber. And for what it's worth, also the KC Morning Show, Michael Kelly. So there you go. <laughs> the most important one. Oh, my brother, too kind. You're far too kind. What, <laughs> what has been the the overall issue, if you can put it to one thing? I know it's holistically everything, but if you could put the pin on one thing this entire election campaign, the season, what is it and what is your answer to it? I think really what it comes down to for a lot of people is livability. People feel like Kansas City was a place that they could put down roots in, start a family, grow old in. And for so many people that we are meeting on the doors, meeting at events, that dream is increasingly becoming a nightmare. And so the way that we want to address that is by working to invest in our sidewalks, our streets, creating a more accessible Kansas City, helping to expand and improve housing choice and create truly affordable housing and taking real concrete steps to help fight climate change. Because it is not just about what we are doing today. It is about what people are going to inherit tomorrow. And what I have said consistently is that as city council members, we have to make the tough decisions today so that our children don't have to make impossible decisions tomorrow. 
Can we double down on that? Because I know in your day job, you do a lot with climate policy and, you know, just basic things are going to help make this planet last a little bit longer. What does that look like at the municipal level? What's that look like in City Hall? What can you propose? What can we actually do in addressing the climate crisis here in Kansas City? Sure. I served as the city's vice chair for the Climate Protection Steering Committee and helped to develop our Climate Protection Resiliency Plan, which will guide our efforts to become carbon neutral by the year 2040. That plan includes guidance on several different areas, so homes and buildings, energy, mobility, natural systems, food systems, and waste materials. So what it looks like in terms of just a few concrete things for Kansas City It means shifting more to compost and recycling so that less waste is ending up in our landfill. It means investing in a truly robust and reliable public transit system that enables you to access the things you need for a good quality of life, like schooling, like childcare, like medical services. But it also means investing in our building stock and creating buildings that are truly capable of withstanding the storms, the heat waves, the changes to the environment that are increasingly making it hard to live comfortably in places like Kansas City. How do we make sure that as we are doing the right thing and taking those necessary steps of going green, becoming more sustainable, more efficient, how do we make sure that we aren't pricing our folks out I live in Westside, brother, and I am seeing in real time Mm -hmm. the new gentrification, the re-red line that's going on. And I'm not saying that these things we're doing are bad. In fact, they're probably really good. But how do we also make sure that everything we're doing is also for the folks, especially the folks that are already there in their homes where they are? Sure. So I think for us, especially when it comes to ensuring that we are not pricing out people who have lived in their communities for years or decades, it has to come down to two key things. First is improving our public engagement process to enable more people to participate. But the second part is we as a city council have to do a better job of working with our partners in other jurisdictions at the county and state level to bring relief to the people who need it most. So in terms of the public engagement process, right now we do not have a community engagement process that actually engages the community. We do not invest enough in things like translation or accessibility services for people who don't speak English as a first language or who may have accessibility needs like being deaf or hard of hearing. We should invest more in that and I will push for that on the city council. But the other part of it is we have to do more to coordinate efforts with other jurisdictions. So on the West Side neighborhood, the city council was able to impose a temporary freeze on property taxes for residents who would live there for a certain number of decades, but this is only a band-aid. And if we're serious about trying to bring long-term relief, the city council is going to have to do more to work with our Jackson County legislature, as well as our delegation to the state legislature in Jefferson City to come up with the legislative solutions that bring down property taxes over time and enable people to stay in their homes. And when we get you on that city council, my friend, make sure you take a look at Midtown because I love, I love the streetcar. I love that it's free. We got to make sure we keep it free and keep zero transit at zero. But you know, Midtown, those property values are skyrocketing, my man. So make sure y'all take a look at that. You got time for a couple quick hits. I got some folks here that have messaged in lightning round type of questions. You got some time? Sure, of course. 
Michael Kelly, what say you on policing in Kansas City? Do you support local control? Yes, I fully support local control, and it's important to note that my opponent has been endorsed by both the Fraternal Order of Police as well as the Citizens Association, which worked to strip Kansas City of local control all the way back in the 1930s. If you want someone who truly believes in local control, then I am your candidate. How is your plan different? What is Michael Kelly's people's plan on policing? What does it look like in Kansas City? So in terms of policing, I think that we need to do more to move away from an over-reliance on enforcement. One of the things that I think we can do with regard to that is by working to repeal low-level offenses. So one of the things that I was proud to do in my own work was repealing low-level offenses related to walking and biking. This included not just jaywalking, but also bike inspections by the police, as well as enforcing an age-old dirty wheels law that we had on the books. What is the dirty wheels law? I'm curious now. You got to break that down because I think I'm probably offending right now. <laughs> so Kansas City had uh, has a law in the books that says that you are in violation of city code if you are operating a vehicle that deposits dirt, grime, or some other foreign substance on city streets. Oh, yeah. I'm going to jail. <laughs> so what we did in terms of changing the law is um, we modified it. So basically... Any car or vehicle that's less than 13,000 pounds is exempt from the law. So don't drive a tank and you'll be fine. Because I I was sweating pretty hard over here in that answer. Oh, boy. All right. Last one. Your thoughts on potential downtown stadium, be that Royals, maybe even the Chiefs want to move eventually. What is your thoughts on bringing a stadium to downtown Kansas City? As I have stated from the beginning, I am currently opposed to that project for three reasons. One, because there has not been enough community engagement. Second, because we don't know the full value of the project. And finally, because we don't know how it aligns with our priorities, especially related to infrastructure and sustainability. I'll say this, and we could bring this in because you've mentioned engagement. I feel like we're not even hearing an economist's perspective on this. I mean, literally hundreds of studies on this have shown that it's just not a good idea. I mean, if we're talking Mm -hmm. using public dollars, Michael, it's just a bad investment. So what I'll just say is that I'm I'm a big baseball fan. I I love the Royals. Um, And if they wanted to build a stadium downtown on their own, fine. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's play ball. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so the concern for me and, and a lot of people that I talk to on the doors is that, you know, we say as a city that we can't afford the basics. We can't afford to fund our public schools. We can't afford to repair our sidewalks. And it just seems so odd for us to say that we can't afford those things, but somehow find enough money to build a downtown stadium that's only going to host our ball team for 81 games a year it doesn't make any sense michael kelly before i let you go the floor is yours what's your pitch for yourself but also what's your pitch for kansas city my pitch for kansas city is that i am someone who believes in our potential i believe in our ability to be better than we are and i believe that the best way for us to reach our full potential is by bringing new leadership and fresh perspectives to the city hall. I have run this campaign, not because I believe this is a coronation, but because I believe this is a campaign. This is an opportunity for people to show and understand what they do and don't know about how our city works. If you believe 
that these are the issues, if you believe that this is our opportunity, and if you believe that we need that new leadership and fresh perspective on City Hall, my name is Michael Kelly, and I am asking for your vote on Tuesday, June 20th. Michael Kelly, he is running for city council, the 5th district at large. He will have, quite possibly, the best radio voice in all of city council. My brother, will you come (laughs) back on the show once you pick up that dub? Of course. Absolutely. really a productive segment, wasn't it? The KC Morning Show. Justin Short, he is currently the 4th District Representative for the LGBTQ Commission, appointed by Mayor Q and Catherine Shields and Eric Bunch. And now, my guy, he is running. He's running for City Council, 4th District 
at large, but we go way back. Once upon a time, many moons and many lifetimes ago, you know, you were my president of Mizzou Forte, Justin Short. What is your forte? This man led us to uh, to not a single championship, but we did sound pretty. Justin Short, yeah. welcome to your KC Morning Show, brother. Hey, Hartzell, how are you? Yeah, uh, those were good times. Those were absolutely <laughs> good times, but... Uh, yeah, we've come a we've come a long way <laughs> since uh, since our little fourteen member um, acapella singing group, and uh, now we're running for city council. So certainly moving on up. Justin, can you remember what I auditioned with? Can you remember how good it sounded? Well, I. I'm sure that it was incredible. Oh, and stop I think it. it. I think it was black and gold, wasn't it? It was not black and gold because that was your solo. See how he always works himself back in? No, I did Lionel <laughs> Richie. I did Hello. And you were moved. And I remember it being absolutely stunning. I said, we have to have this kid. Justin Short, now look at you. You're back in Kansas City. You're moving. You're shaking. This appointment to the LGBTQ commission, you've taken this role and you have ran with it. And now you're just trying to expand what you can do for the city. How did we get here justin short you used to work on a cruise ship i did so i was a cruise director for seven years and so director of entertainment doing all the announcements all the game shows anytime somebody was less than pleased i was handling those situations that was a lot of fun but it was it was time to come back to kansas city my dad was in public office my mom was really involved philanthropically in the northland and so public service is something that's always been kind of ingrained in who i was was. You know, I was an Eagle Scout, heart, soul. So I've had all of that leadership and public service ingrained into my into my being. And I always thought that city council was going to be the avenue for that. We certainly didn't think it was going to be this soon. But, you know, when opportunity presents, you certainly go through the door. So I'm very, very excited about what we're doing and, and uh, the work that we could continue to do with this incredible city. Justin, I got to correct you real quick. You weren't an eagle you are an eagle as, a, as an uh, eagle scout myself they told you it's always in the present tense justin short you are absolutely right i am an eagle scout <laughs> so you said that this may have been ingrained with you since birth you know your your parents were involved in the city you have found your foot into the door what has been some of the most rewarding some of the most challenging things that you've experienced as now you are on the campaign trail i think the the commission itself you know, when I was appointed by the current District 4 council members, as well as the mayor, I was obviously incredibly honored, you know, working for my community and 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 doing that work has always been something that it has been important to me and to be able to actually do it um, um, is really great. The challenging piece is there are a lot of people who don't agree with us in uh, representation matters. And uh, whether whether your thoughts are are dissenting or supportive of LGBTQ people, we're we're still here. We're still taking up space in the city. We are still part of everybody's lives, and and representation is really important. And although it was a small thing, we've done a lot of really great things. You know, with our chair Moon Glasgow Brown and Vice Chair Justice Horn at the helm, we've done a lot of really great things. But for me personally, growing up in Kansas City. To see the progress flag rose above City Hall was something that was really, really emotional for me. And my default is always the kids and the youth of our, our city because they are the future. And if what we're doing, the way that we're representing in the city 
uh, can help just one young person, I think we're doing the right thing. I mean, imagine being a young queer person, maybe not coming out or, or having come out and going downtown and seeing your representative flag over City Hall. I mean, that's a really big statement. And so the city has really shown up for us and we're really excited about the work that we're doing. The challenging part, you know, our very first meeting was uh, Zoom bombed by people that were less than thrilled that we were doing what we were doing and, and said some um, really horrible things. But growing up gay in Missouri, there's nothing anybody could say that I haven't already heard. So that's a, a challenging part. But, you know, moving into running for city council, just getting our message out there. You know, there's two overarching themes to our campaign and they are collaborative effort and graceful dissension. And I think those two things are lacking from some of our council members. And I do believe that it is stagnating our progress. What are some of those challenges that you want to turn into opportunities in the fourth district? I guess, what are you doing now even as you try to make it to that seat? So I think that, and you're right, they are opportunities. We are, as a city, we have just broken the 500,000 mark. So Kansas City is starting to see big city problems. It's not that they weren't there but now they're magnified. And these challenges that we need to address, we need to address the affordable housing issue in this city. We need to stop pricing people out of District 4, which is something that I feel very strongly about. I do have some ideas of how to get that done, but specific policy will come out later. Because I'm running at large, even though I'll be representing District 4, I will be representing the entire city. And there are areas of our city who have been historically de-invested and it is time to come up with outside-the-box ideas to reinvest in those communities because Kansas City, if you look at Kansas City at 55,000 feet, it looks great. Last night on NBC, the Chiefs game, the footage of our city was incredible. It shows off just how great downtown looks, and there was also B-roll of all parts of the city, which was really wonderful to see. But once you get down onto the sidewalk, you realize we have some work to do. And, and, and there are some other challenges with transportation, specifically public transit, that I would like to see. The streetcar is great, but I want to see that streetcar going east to west to help service some of our other communities that haven't had those opportunities for the, for the new shiny objects, as we say. I would really like to see us focus on climate action. The time for acting on climate is now. I'm excited to see that we have a city manager who is pushing the city for some really big projects like the solar project up there at the airport. This is a 300 megawatt project that would power the entire city potentially. But what I want to make sure that we're doing is that everybody gets to take advantage of that, not just the people that we deem worthy of it. So I'm, I'm excited for those kinds of opportunities to really dive into some of the social issues that we are now starting to see. And then the houseless community, we have to do better for them. And and how do we show up for them in, in, in a way that's not just performative, in a way that is all-encompassing? Our social service partners do amazing work, and nobody's saying that they don't, but I do feel like our social service partners work in a silo, and I would love to see our social service partners get together to create some sort of overarching solution, large collaborative effort to help solve 
the houseless issue in our in our city. You know, houselessness is an urban imperative. It's not going anywhere, but we can certainly do better for the people who are experiencing houselessness. Election day, that is April of 2023. So we still got a little bit of time. And I guess I'm curious, why did you decide to announce so so early? You know, I think there's a couple of answers to that question. But one of the things, one of the main reasons that I wanted to start early, and I was I was pretty clear about it. I said, if we're going to do this, we're starting now. This city is vast. You know, in, in terms of square land miles, it's one of the largest cities in the country. And a lot of people don't realize that. It's because I'm running at large. Anybody with a Kansas City, Missouri address can vote for me or has the opportunity to vote for me. And so I think getting our message out to as many people as we can and getting an early start was important these races are not cheap and so that's another piece the financial piece we've got a lot of money to raise and uh, two years you know really in an election cycle isn't that long getting our message of collaborative effort and graceful dissension is very important to me and so one of the ways that we're doing that is getting out ahead and doing it early because it is essential to let the people know why they should vote for me and why I would be the best fit to move our city forward into its next phase. Because by most metrics that we've seen, Kansas City is poised for another exponential growth period. And it's time for us to rise to that challenge, not only with our social issues, but with our development. You know, we, we have we have development that needs to be done because development leads to further revenue. Further revenue leads to more programs for the social issues uh, that we seem to be experiencing and equitable development, I should say. I love all the shiny new things, but we need to be taking care of those communities that we spoke about earlier as well. Someone listening in their car right now, they're wondering, I don't know what district I'm in. I don't know if I can vote for this man, but I'd like to know what are the <laughs> what are the, the boundary lines of District 4? Actually, Hartzell, if you go to our website, justinshortforkc.com, we do have a resources tab and you can actually see what council district you're in. Now, the city is in the middle of a redistricting process, so the lines of the district are going to change. Now, where I live is not going to move out of the 4th district, so I felt really confident about going ahead and stating that that is where we were going to be. But District 4, as it stands right now, Plaza Westport downtown goes into River Market, but then it jumps the river and goes into certain parts of the southern part of the Northland. Now, we will see that change a little bit. I believe that the 4th District will gain some more ground in the Northland, which is important. This, you know, Northland versus Southland divide is something uh, that's really supercilious and something we need to we need to end. And, and, and the way that we end that is by further investment in the Northland, but also, you know, further investment in all the districts of our city. So that is where District 4 is, but certainly those lines will be changing once the redistricting process is complete towards the end of this year. The council that we have now, they're doing some incredible work. Their capacities are limited based on some of the things that we're seeing in the council. And, and it's time to get a council that can agree and to move as a collective for what's best for the city 
not necessarily for what's best for the individual parts or the individual people of the council. Justin Short, he is running for city council, 4th District City Council. Justin, where can people go? Your website, social handles, where can they go to find you? So Facebook, uh, Justin Short for KC, give us a like. JustinShortForKC.com and that's Justin Short, S-H-O-R-T, F-O-R-K-C dot com. We've got our donation website there as well. So if you believe in what you're doing, throw us a few dollars because, like I said, these things are these things take a lot of uh, financial support as well. And then Instagram, Justin Short for KC. Twitter, Justin Short. You'll be able to find me on there. Uh, I, Twitter is a wild place, but I but I really enjoy <laughs> it. So that's where you can find us. And and of course. Uh, through my work with the commission and and uh, further civic engagement, I'll be out and about. So I, I'd love to hear from people. My email address is justinshort 4 forkc at gmail.com. Send me a note. I'd love to meet. Justin Short, my brother. Election is April of 2023. District 4 at large. I'm sure I'll have you on very, very soon. Hartzell, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Always good to see you. Real, real quick. Ba-da-da. I mean, I'm just saying, I've still got it, Justin. I've still got it. I have no doubt that you do, (laughs) sir. Dreams, that's where I have to go To see your beautiful face anymore I stare at a picture of you And listen to the radio Hope, hope there's a conversation We both admit we had it good but until then, it's alienation I know that much is understood And I realize If you ask me how I'm doing I would say I'm doing just fine I would lie and say that you're not on my mind Yeah.
on your KC Morning Show. He is running for city council in the first district, in district. Chris Gahagan, my friend, welcome to the show. First time. Thank you, Hartzell. It's a pleasure to be here. I look forward to it. I feel like we have been in the same circles for so long. I've seen you at so many of the same events, but we finally got a chance to make this work, and I can't think of a better time to have you on. My friend, you're running for office. Why the hell are you doing this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm asking myself that same question sometimes. (laughs) I feel like Kansas City's at a critical point, you know, and I feel like our local government is broken. I live in the Northland. I grew up south, but I live north now, and I feel like this, I won't call it a border war, it's a river war. This battle between North and South is ridiculous. We need to elect people who have a broader view than just their own particular area. And I don't think the Northland's been well served with that view. And I don't think the entire city has been well served by that view. So I got to ask you that view you're talking about and anyone listening in their car right now, they know exactly what you're talking about. This actual divide by, you know, an actual body of water, but also that mentality, right? I go up to the Northland all the time. I talk to my homies up there. We are so much more alike than the narrative seems to be spun. Is that something that is a real divide? The folks who have been at the microphone for so long, they keep repeating this, so it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Does that make sense? Let me answer the first part of that first. So I'm an attorney. A substantial portion of my practice was representing school districts, and the primary school district that I represented was the Hickman Mills School District, which is as far south in Kansas City as you can be, which is actually where I graduated from high school. I graduated from Ruskin. So in the 28 years of representing that school district and working in the community there, I mean, the concerns and the issues that those folks expressed are the exact same issues I hear from neighbors and from knocking doors in the north and it's about basic services it's like our trash isn't getting picked up we don't have sidewalks we don't have curbs those kinds of things and so i do think there's a unity of interest on those basic core issues but to the other part of that you know i i think there's an old guard Mm um north of the river that wants to keep the Northland as it's been for years and years. And that is changing. The demographic of the Northland is changing. We need leaders who reflect that. How can we be more intentional? I guess, how can you help the council be more intentional with how we do look at an outreach to the Northland? I think the Northland needs to reach out. And that's why I'm running, because... Mm -hmm. You know, I was asked the other day at a forum, and I'd never been asked this, like, what's the very first thing you do? You get elected and you walk into City Hall. And my answer was, I'm going to go to each in-district 
council person and ask them to give me a tour of their district because I don't know what significant issues are in the third district. I don't know what they are in the fifth. You know, I've got some idea. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't live in a bubble, <laughs> but I mean, really boots on the ground. I recognize that I don't know. I have my own lived experience in my <laughs> north of Berry Road part of the city, but I don't know. And so I would like those council persons to, to show me what the issues are that they're dealing with so that we can work together so that we, you know, build a relationship so that when I say, look, we there's some development we want to do up here, and this is how I think it's going to benefit the city, and this is what I think it's going to do, that we, we have a relationship. We understand each other. We understand that we have common problems, which I discussed earlier. We also have some unique problems and opportunities that we can work together as opposed to just bashing our heads together. And I think it's a really important time to do that. I mean, the Northland is what, the, the fastest growing part of the city, Chris? It is. that Platte County is the fastest growing county in the state, and I believe that Clay is the second. And where that growth is occurring is in the Kansas City portion, and mostly in the first district, a little bit in the second, but it's really primarily that area basically straddling 152. I don't know how familiar your listeners are with the Northland. It's funny when I go to forums and I talk and I start describing places of the Northland, people's eyes just glaze over. It's like, <laughs> I mean, there's more square miles north of the river than south. Well, give us a little bit of that audio tour then for folks who do want to know more about the Northland. You're going to be vying to represent the Northland. Why don't you tell us what makes the first district in district, what makes y'all so special? You know, why are you running? Well, I mean, we do have a lot of opportunity for growth. I mean, we do have a lot of opportunity for economic development, for housing. Affordable housing is a huge issue in this city. In the first district, which again, isn't the whole Northland, this is sort of the, the north of the Northland. We need workforce housing. We need housing because of the development, the airport included, the new terminal and all of the jobs created there. We need opportunities for people to be able to live close to where they work average, I think, home price in the area is $350,000. I mean, you can't afford to buy a house there. So I would like to see some opportunities to build some affordable workforce housing, grow the Northland, not just make it a luxury living part of the community. We had some folks here with some questions for you. So kind of some lightning round type topics here, Chris. Your thoughts when it comes to a people's plan on policing, our relationship with the Kansas City Police Department. Right off the bat, do you support local control? I do. I'll be honest with you. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it because I don't see a viable path for that to happen. I understand why we don't have local control, but that was 100 years ago. Not quite 100, but 80 years ago. I don't think that that reason exists anymore. And so I don't think there's a reason not to have local control. Open to listening to anyone who thinks that they have a way to do that. So on a realistic level, a pragmatic approach, knowing that, just being a realist and understanding the, um, the demographics of Jeff City, what is your pivot? How can you and your influence on the council try to spur some type of change, some type of accountability within the KCPD? The easiest first step is working with Chief Graves. And, she, you know, she came from North Patrols. I've had an opportunity to interact with her, actually, even before I started running for council, developing a relationship with her and letting her know, too, that the North Line is concerned about the issues credibility issues with the police department as well to try to encourage her to have the department be more open 
more forthcoming with information and that they will have more support with that community buy-in and relationship. Not saying that as if I think she doesn't believe that. I don't know. But that's where I would start. Chris, what are your thoughts on a downtown ballpark, entertainment district, whatever you want to call it? What are your thoughts on that? Well, Chris, the baseball fan, and I'll tell you, with the caveat, I attended the very first game at what was Royal Stadium. Oh, wow. wow. I have a lot of memories. My father died when I was 20. A lot of my memories with him are baseball related. Chris, the baseball fan, wants a downtown stadium. But Chris, <laughs> person running for council, the first district of people who don't want to pay for it tax wise. And then Chris, the, you know, just concerned citizen of Kansas City wants to make sure that we don't disrupt the neighborhoods that want to make sure that if it's done and i believe that the royals are not going to play there in 2031 i mean i believe they're serious about that and so if a stadium does come downtown you know it should be union built the union jobs that are out there the service jobs should transfer in fact all of the workers should be union members or at least labor peace so that they can organize I'm concerned about the entertainment district that it cannibalizes other areas of the city. So I would want to know how, what the plan is to prevent that from happening. Obviously, its impact on the surrounding neighborhoods. We need to make sure that people aren't displaced and that we actually are able to maybe build some housing so that people that work at the stadium make a livable wage, that they can actually, you know, live close to the stadium and then have money to take their kids to a baseball game or take their family to a baseball game. You know, I spent 28 years as a school district lawyer, and I served as the school district's representative on the TIF Commission. I've looked at a lot of economic development plans. I think I've got some experience in that regard and can you know, suss out a bad plan when I see one. Those are the things I'll be looking at. Chris Gahagan, before I let you go, I've enjoyed this conversation, my friend. I'm so excited that we finally got a chance to chat, and I'm enjoying it. So we got to do more of this, yeah? Let's do more of this once you get that victory on Tuesday. I couldn't agree more. Chris, what is your pitch for Kansas City? I know you've made plenty of pitches on this campaign trail for yourself, but what is the pitch for KC? What is the pitch that makes you different from your opponent? You know, my friend, the floor is yours. I mean, Kansas City is a bright future, and we have a bright future working together. I mean, I'm, I'm getting old. I, I mean, I've got two young granddaughters, and I mean, I love this city. I want us to work together so that we can build and grow the city in a place that I am proud of, and that when my granddaughters grow up, I can say I was a part of helping make it a better city. Where can folks find you? They want to donate. They want to just follow along with the last home stretch of the campaign. Give all the details. Plug the website. I know you know the website. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you can get information about the campaign and you can also make donations at Chris, C-H-R-I-S, for F-O-R-K-C.com. So Chris for KC.com. Chris Kahagan running for city council in the 1st District in District Election Day this Tuesday, June 20th. Chris, my friend, good luck. Bring it home. Thank you, Hartzell. I appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning. Connectos, that curtains, because all we need is candlelight. You and me and the bottle of wine and I'll hold you tonight. Uh, well, we know I'm going away And how I wish I wish it were so So take this wine And drink with me Let's delay our misery Sing tonight Fight the break of dawn Come tomorrow Tomorrow I'll be gone Sing tonight 